Hey, Joe Shane, if you're listening or watching, I have a multi-step plan to get the New York Giants back on track. I'll roll that out coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chana, credentialed member of the New York Giants media, covering them for over 30 seasons, currently with Locked On, of course, and also with Giants Country, part of the Fan Nation Network over on SI.com. And welcome on in to all my everydayers, my newcomers, my Blue Crew community members, and everybody in between. You are all loved and appreciated by yours, truly. Really do appreciate the support. And... Um, you know, in my intro, I sent a shout out sort of to general manager Joe Shane, who I know isn't listening or watching this podcast. Why would he? He's got more important things to do than to listen to me talk about what the team should do. But you know what? On today's Locked on Giants podcast, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a multi-step plan, my multi-step plan as to what I think the Giants should look to do this offseason to get the train back on the tracks. All right. Now, I'm not going to go necessarily into all the politicking and, you know, the reports of the discord on the coaching staff. Not quite exactly, but I'm going to give you my multiple steps and I'm going to explain them to you. So uh, hopefully they all make some sense. And I'd be curious to know what you guys think. You know, if you want to drop a comment in the box below, the comment section below, or send me an email, you can do so. My contact information is in the show notes. Let's get started. First thing, because the Giants have an opening at defensive coordinator, they need to determine the defense's direction. Now, by that, I mean, do they want to be similar to what Wink Martindale ran, which was a very aggressive, blitz-happy scheme? Do they want to back down a little bit? Do they want to run a 4-3? Do they want to stay with a 3-4? What do they want their defensive identity to be? You know, um, you look at the success that some of the core players on defense have had last year and how far do you want to stray from what you asked them to do? So this is a question really maybe not so much for Joe Shea, more so for Brian Dable, but a question that definitely needs to be answered because the direction of the defense is going to be important. And I say that because I still think at some point Brian Dable is going to take over the play calling for the offense. And if he does, if I am correct, he's going to want somebody in there at defensive coordinator who can run the defense and whom he doesn't have to worry about. And, you know, we've been keeping track over at Giants country of the defensive coordinators candidates that the Giants have brought in. I can't say there's anybody who's really jumped out at me from the list. And again, I have um, an article over on Giants country with a tracker if you want to you know catch up with the list, but we'll see. 
it's good at least that Dable is taking his time going through um, the candidates and vetting them out. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Now let's go to the, to the shame part of the list. More cap space, obvious, right? But here's the thing. The Giants, you know, I was looking at their, their salary cap situation. And I'm going to do another show on this, by the way, exclusively on, on the salary cap. And there was a couple things that jumped out at me at, about the Giants, the state of the Giants salary cap. Specifically, they have three contracts, Adoree Jackson, Tyrod Taylor, and Sean Robinson. Those three contracts are all set to void in 2024, which means the Giants will save nothing on those contracts, but they will get hit with a $6.48 million dead money cap charge. Not exactly what you want to see in your salary cap management. I've got to be honest with you. I mean... I know the cap that Shane inherited was a mess. It was kind of a mess last year. It's better. It's getting better, but it's still not at full health, if you know what I mean. And the Giants are going to have to clear some space. And in looking at, you know, what they could potentially do to get that space, not a whole lot of options. I mean, I have to sit down and really get into it, and I will, like I said. but. um let me uh, take a look at this real quick because I think, you know, obviously Mark Lewinsky, I think he's not going to be back. Um, Darren Waller, I think they're going to have to do something with his contract. If they decide to keep him, there's no way that Darren Waller can go into um, next year with a 10.525 million base salary. I think that's just too much for a guy that still hasn't proven that he's shaken the injury bug. Uh, Darius Slayton could be a guy that maybe they look to redo his contract. Maybe they can extend him. He's got a 7.75 million salary cap hit. So maybe they do something there. Graham Gano is coming off of an injury. He's got a 3.085 million uh, base salary for 2024 and a total uh, 7.211 million cap hit. So maybe they do something there. Um, there's a couple of other spots where they can trim if they need to. And again, I'll go into that in an upcoming show, but the cap situation for the giants right now. And again, let me just stress it is fluid, right? Meaning it's going to change between now and the time free agency starts. But at, according to over the cap right now, the giants have a total 22.9 million total cap space, but only 15.100. 15.11 million effective cap space. Effective cap space is the space that the team needs after signing at least 51 players and it's projected rookie class to its roster. So that's not a lot of money. And the Giants are going to have to definitely clear some money out if they want to do things. Because right now, I don't think they're going to be able to afford, you know, Xavier McKinney, who I think is a goner anyway. I question whether they'll be able to carry Saquon Barkley on its on a franchise tag, which I'll get into a, a little later. And I question, you know, are they going to have enough to make one big splash? And we'll talk about that, you know, uh, coming up in, in, in just a moment, but cap space, you know, again, the salary cap, it's a lot better than when Shane inherited it, but it's still not where I, I think I would feel comfortable with it and it'll get there eventually. But, it's still got some issues that they've got to they've got to work at and they've got to clear some space out. So coming up next, 
the next three items on my list. So please don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your small business's success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors through a process that's intuitive, quick, and easy. So don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead-end leads in your search for the right candidates. Put LinkedIn Jobs to work to you today for free by visiting linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And again, I'm Patricia Trainer, your host. and this is my off-season plan for the New York Giants. These are the things that I would look to do if I were running the team. And I know a lot of you are going to hear some of these things and you're going to say, thank God you're not running the team, but hear me out. You know, humor me, he- hear me out. And, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe some of these things that might sound a little crazy to you might come to fruition. You never know, right? All right. Item number three on my list, tag and trade Saquon Barkley. All right, you're probably thinking, all right, come on, Pat. Trade Saquon Barkley, really? Hear me out on this one. Last year, as we know, Saquon Barkley got the franchise tag. And the Giants, after they reached, you know, they hit a stalemate with him, they basically told Saquon, we're fine having you play on the franchise tag. You don't want to, you know, negotiate and in good faith. We're fine carrying you on the franchise tag. So that's what they ended up doing. They had the space to do it. This year, given the needs that they have, given the position they have, and the ripple effect, which I'm going to get to in a moment, they don't have that flexibility, in my opinion. And here's why. All right. Here's what I think is going to happen. Saquon has already said that he would not welcome a second tag. Saquon has also, if you listen to him, he has sounded like, he's resigned to the fact that he might not be a giant for the future. Now, to be clear, he still wants to be a giant for life. I think the giants would still like to resign him, but they're not going to spend an arm and a leg to keep him. So if Saquon views himself worth X number of dollars and the giants view him, view him as worth Y number of dollars, guess what? We're going to have a stalemate. So, If you're the Giants, you just don't let Saquon, who arguably was your best player on offense last year, you just don't let him walk out the door and test free agency. No. What you look to do is come the deadline for the tagging window. If no deal is reached, you put the tag on him. That stops, obviously, teams from coming after him and making him an offer sheet. Then you continue to negotiate with him 
maybe through, you know, the end of March or, you know, right up into the draft or you, you, you set a cutoff point, but that cutoff point has to be before the draft. Okay. Now, if you can do that in the meantime, if you get a deal done, great. If you don't get a deal done, then you entertain trade offers and you say, okay, look, we'll do a tag and trade. We'll, we go to Saquon and say, okay, hey, Saquon, we've got team X who's willing to give you a deal closer to what you are looking for. Sign the tag because remember, teams can't trade players unless there's a signed contract in place. The tag gets signed, the trade t- gets made, and the Giants who have four out of their seven draft picks this year in the top 70, maybe they get another one. Maybe they get a fifth one to add to the mix. All right. I'm not saying they're going to get a number one pick for Saquon. I don't know that they'll get a number two, but if they can get a third round pick from a team that needs a running back, why not? So you get more assets because remember the Giants aren't going to get any comp picks this year. They did too much in free agency last year to get any comp picks. So if you're Joe Shane, you say to yourself, okay, we're not going to build around Saquon. We've got to build around a quarterback, whoever that quarterback is going to be, whether it be Daniel Jones or somebody else. We'll talk about that in a moment. So what's the point in continuing to carry Saquon on the franchise tag? I think it would be, you know, kind of cruel to Saquon if the Giants said, okay, you know what, we're going to leave you sitting on the tag until the very, le- you know, to the July deadline. I don't think that makes sense for the Giants. I think for a team that has a lot of needs and not a whole lot of resources like they might have had last year, look to move them while you can. And that's what I see happening, what I think makes the most sense happening with Saquon Barkley. Again, the preference is to get him back on a, on a team-friendly deal. But if you can't, you move them. You don't sit and wait until July and say, oh, okay, look, we didn't get a deal done. So you're going to play on the tab. All right. Now, how does that play into this next point, which is draft the quarterback? Glad you asked. Daniel Jones is going to be on this team next year. The contract warrants it. I mean, they cut him. They're going to get slammed with a dead money hit that they're going to basically have to purge everybody on the roster to to balance it out. Now, they don't know, obviously, if Daniel Jones is going to be ready for the start of the season. That all depends on how his rehab goes. Once he is ready, Shane has already indicated that the expectation is that Daniel Jones will be the starter. Okay, makes sense so far, right? Because you don't know what you're going to have um, as far as young guys or old guys, whatever. But Shane has also said that they have to do something at quarterback. And here's why they have to do something at quarterback. Daniel Jones' timeline being up in the air, but more importantly, Daniel Jones with his injury history, right? Sad to say it, but he is one more hit away from a third neck injury that could potentially be career ending. All right, he, he's coming off the ACL. So you have to ask yourself, how effective is he going to be as a runner? You know, so Daniel right now has quite a bit working against him in terms of his health. And when he was healthy, he didn't exactly look like he had, he had taken the next step after signing that big contract. And I know people are going to say, 
well, the offensive line was bad. He didn't have Saquon. Okay, you know what? The offensive line was bad all year, right? Saquon, yes, he made a little bit of a difference. But at this point, we keep asking ourselves, okay, what do they have in Daniel Jones? And the fact that we're still asking these questions when he's just finished year one of that four-year deal, which is actually a two-year deal, that's alarming. And speaking of that deal, the fact that the Giants made that a two-year deal by putting in that escape hatch should tell you all you need to know about what what they really think about Daniel Jones. If they thought for a minute that he was their guy moving forward, that deal wouldn't have an escape hatch. And it does. So I think the Giants will draft a quarterback. They will be in a position, they are in a position to do so. Now here's the interesting thing. The Giants, as we know, are drafting sixth. There are two teams in front of them, the Patriots and the Commanders, who we know need quarterbacks. The Bears, depending on what they do with Justin Fields, do they need a quarterback? They might take a quarterback or they might look to move down. So if you're Joe Shane and there is a quarterback in this draft class that you absolutely have to have, do you look to maybe trade up? Mm -hmm. Now, normally I would say, nah, this team's got too many holes and too, you know, they, they should save assets. But here's where the previous point kind of comes into play. If you could pick up some additional assets with a tag and trade with Saquon, knowing that, you know, Saquon and, and, and the Giants are not going to reach a, a, an agreement on a long-term deal, maybe you take some of those assets and you package them up to move up to the number one spot. Maybe. Now, for context purposes, I went back and I looked up the Eli Manning trade years ago. The Giants, remember, were drafting fourth that year. And the Giants, to get Eli Manning, who had already been selected at first overall by the Chargers at the time, they traded Rivers, whom the Giants picked with the fourth pick. The Giants' third-round pick in that draft, the 2004 draft. And then their first and fifth round selections in the 2005 drafts. Giants are picking two spots lower than they did. So again, probably going to take a little bit more to trade up to get the number one pick overall. But only if there is a quarterback that Joe Shane has got to have on this roster. And here's the other thing, folks. If I'm Brian Dable and Joe Shane, if I'm going to go down swinging, I think I would want to go down swinging with my guy. You know, Daniel Jones, I, I won't say it was forced on him, but they gave him a chance. He's done everything that has been asked of him. It's, you know, injuries are not his fault, but for whatever the reason, I, I'm just not so sure it's worked out here for him. And I think a clean break, a fresh start might behoove both parties, but only if the Giants could obviously get, get themselves their next quarterback, which they are in a position to do so. Whether they do it, you know, via a trade up, whether they feel that, you know, the guy that they want is going to fall to them at six, which, you know, is a risk because who's to say that teams behind them that need quarterbacks won't trade a, ahead of them. So a lot of, you know, things that need to be settled. But, you know, in thinking about it, a trade up to num the number one spot overall, probably not as crazy as I thought it might be initially. So that's got to be addressed. All right. The next thing on the list, acquire a number one receiver. 
can we stop playing games here? You know, I think back to a couple of years ago that after the 2022 season was over, how Joe Shane sat there and he said, well, there are a lot of teams whose number one receivers are sitting at home right now. Yeah, I get that. But you know what? How much easier would it be for any quarterback, whether it be Jones or a rookie, to have a legitimate number one receiver, a guy that's going to consistently draw double team coverage? Because look, last year, the Giants were kind of looking at Darren Waller, the tight end, to be that pseudo number one receiver. And, you know, if Waller is healthy, no reason why he couldn't have been. But the health issue was a question mark and it came back to bite the Giants. So as a result, they didn't really have a number one receiver on a consistent basis. Stop messing around. Get a number, get a number one receiver, a true number one receiver. You know, do you look in free agency? There's some promising guys out there in free agency. I think T. Higgins is available, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans. Um, there are a bunch of guys that the Giants can maybe look at to, to get to be their number one receiver. Whereas last year, there weren't that many. The receiver class was kind of dry. This year, I think the Giants have to do it. They have to make that commitment. If they want to fix their offense, if they want to be a downfield, vertical passing offense, get a number one receiver to go with whoever your quarterback is going to be. That's a must. Okay, I've got two more points on my list that I want to make. Don't go anywhere, and I'll tell you what they are right after this. Hey, Giant fans, the NFL playoffs are underway, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and score big this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans, if you're concerned about some of the supply chain shortages affecting certain life-saving medications, then you need to know about Jace Medical's Jace Case. The Jace Case is a pack of five different and common antibiotics that can put your mind at ease during these uncertain supply chain times. There's nothing worse than getting caught unprepared and having you or a loved one get sick and not being able to get the medication that you need. Well, now you don't have to worry about that when you qualify for a Jace case. To get your case, simply visit jacemedical.com to complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and if approved, your Jace case medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular costs. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's Jace Medical, spelled J-A-S-E, medical.com. And again, that promo code for $20 off is locked on. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trana, and I'm giving you my multi-step plan. I have seven points on this plan, how to fix the Giants this offseason. Now, I haven't talked about Xavier McKinney. I know a lot of you are going to say, well, you didn't mention Xavier McKinney. Folks, I don't think he's coming back. So I'm not really talking about, you know, which free agents to, to keep and which ones to go. That's another show, actually, I'll do. But 
I don't think Xavier McKinney's coming back, but I do have two more uh, points on this list that I want to talk about. These are additions that I think need to be made. This next one I've been screaming about for what, three, four years now, add more pass rushing fire. All right. The Giants pass rush, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau had a good year this year. Uh, He finished with a pass rush win rate, 6.4%, which doesn't sound great, but he was the team leader in sacks, 11 and a half sacks. Dexter Lawrence, according to Pro Football Focus, had a pass rush percentage, 20.2%, which was the best on the team. The rest of the Giants pass rushers, Ojulari, Jihad Ward, um, the defensive lineman, Ashawn Robinson, and Nacho, Joaquin Nunes Roches, they combined for three and a half sacks. Okay, come on, man. Just as, you know, if you have a number one receiver that can draw double teams, imagine if you had a legitimate number two pass rusher who was healthy and on the field to team up with, with Thibodeau. You create a pick-your-own-poison scenario to where now the opponent's got to figure out, okay, do we double up Thibodeau? Do we double up Dexter Lawrence? Do we double up player X, whoever the you know the second pass rusher is? Giants didn't have that, and opponents were able to work around that. And I've been screaming about this, I, I, and I get it last year that, okay, they traded up to get Jalen Hyatt, so you know maybe they would have used that pick on, a, on an edge rusher. Get an edge rusher in here. You know, I, I've mentioned on yesterday's show, my everydayers will probably remember, I mentioned on, on uh, yesterday's show that they needed somebody to come in. I mentioned, um, actually not yesterday's show, I'm sorry, on the Lock on Giants Live, Dog and I were talking about Chase Young as a possibility. You know, he's going to be a free agent. I wrote an article over on Giants Country about uh, Bryce of the Jets, who's going to be a free agent. So, yeah, a pass rusher is going to cost a lot of money, as is, you know, a number one receiver. But if you look at what Joe Shane has done thus far in free agency, he doesn't make multiple splashes. It's it's like usually just one big ticket signing and then the rest are little signings. So he did that in his first year. Mark Lewinsky was the big ticket signing. Last year it was Bobby O'Karake. And then you get a bunch of, you know, guys to fill in around it. Again, the cap situation, it's going to change. It's fluid. But right now, it's probably needs to be a little bit better because obviously a pass rusher and free agency and a number one receiver is going to cost you. So it's up to obviously Shane to figure out, okay, do we go free agency for a receiver and, you know, uh, free the draft for an edge rusher or vice versa? Or do we do both in free agency or both in the draft? That's all got to be sorted out. But to me, adding a pass rusher is a must. My last point, and this is also a must, figuring out who your second cornerback is. Adore Jackson's not coming back. Deontay Banks is now the Giants' cornerback one. Who's going to be cornerback two? Can the Giants count on Trey Hawkins, who you know, was, was all the buzz in the summer last year, uh, but who, you know, suddenly things, the speed of the game caught up with him. Can he be the uh, quarterback too? Do the Giants need to bring in a veteran? Do they need to draft at that spot? 
they better come up with an answer because that's a glaring hole right now on this roster that's really not getting enough attention given all the problems that the offense has had. And that spot needs to have more attention, in my opinion. So find a cornerback too. And of course, you know, in future shows, we'll talk about potential candidates. We'll have a free agency show. So, you know, I know I'm just kind of skimming the surface of what they should do and I'm not giving you names, but all that's going to come up because we've got plenty of top time and topics to cover on this podcast. But that's my seven point plan for the New York Giants. And um, let me know what you think. Did I miss anything? Do you disagree? Agree? Always interested to hear what you guys have to say. You can uh, contact me. The information's in the show notes. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just put a comment underneath the video and I'll check them out, you know, when I get a, a chance to after this video post. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Lothan Giants podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making us your first listener of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I'm Patricia Trainer, And Giant fans, we will see you tomorrow with an all new episode of Locked on Giants.